Just an absolutely brutal Monday for the New York Mets. Daytime, nighttime, anytime. Marcus Stroman opts out of the 2020 season, and then Steven Matz lit up by old friend Asdrubal Cabrera, and the Mets lead with Luis Guillorme pitching uh, in a disastrous game at City Field. Pete McCarthy with Tim Britton. It's there have been quite a few of those titanically horrible days for the Mets over these past uh, few weeks, Tim. Sounds like someone's got a case of the Mondays, yeah, right, Pete? Oh, man. Just, you know, uh, I suppose it's better than last Sunday um, with, with the Cespedes drama, but this was another uh, this was another hit to the Mets. You, you add into it, you know, Michael Waka going on the injured list on Sunday uh, and this starting rotation that, you know, we talked about having six pitchers, six starters for five spots in spring training. You're down to three of those guys, uh, and one of them in, in Steven Matz is really struggling. I think uh, I might opt out next, Tim. <laughs> I, I mean, who? what fan doesn't want to after watching that game? Like, I, yeah. it was, I, I took a little break in, like, the top of the seventh. Like, you know what, I'm going to gonna sit this half inning out just to, to catch my breath. Sometimes you got to do it. You know, you got to take a walk around the block, whatever you got to do to to shake these things off. But the Mets, look, the, the one area of this team you generally haven't had to be concerned about over the years is the rotation. And now when I mean, you see it all falling apart, I remember Brody Van Wagenen in this offseason, he proclaimed that it'll be the deepest rotation in baseball. And here we are. Three weeks into, you know, again, it, it's a messy season. And there's some things the Mets can't control. Marcus Stroman decides to opt out. He has close relatives that are immunocompromised. He made the decision with his family. God bless him and, and wish him the best going forward. But this speaks to, you know, the Mets maybe didn't have as much depth as they thought in this rotation when now you start looking at some of their options. And while I'd love to see Seth Lugo get the opportunity in the rotation, uh, otherwise, it, it, not a whole lot excites you. Even Robert Gesellman doesn't excite me to see him get another chance in the rotation. Yeah, they, they, they've talked about a bullpen game on Wednesday, uh, and, and maybe that changes because they had to use the bullpen as heavily as they have the last two days. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about this isn't like a, a spot in the rotation that this isn't a one a single spot start. Walk is going to be out at least two turns, which means you can't really have a a bullpen spot slotted into your regular rotation uh, for any extended period of time, especially when you don't have any off days, which the Mets don't at the at the moment. They're in, they're four games into a seventeen games and seventeen days stretch, and I, I I go back to you know when this season came out as a sixty game season, I thought oh, maybe that's good for the Mets in terms of their starting depth. They don't have a lot of starting depth. If it's only 60 games, the number of injuries that, that would affect them might go down. Uh, but I thought that looking back, that's not my greatest opinion, uh, given that you've got the, sh- the, the shorter ramp up has led to more pitcher injuries, not just with the Mets, but across the sport. They've seen it with Stroman and now Waka. Uh, and then you've got the opt-out decisions, which we, we couldn't really – uh, predict how they were going to fall. Uh, and, and I was wondering, like, did, I know a lot of Mets fans did not like, you know, most fans wouldn't like anyone opting out. Some Mets fans took particular uh, issue with Stroman opting out, given that he reached enough time for free agency or given that he, you know, tweets and posts on Instagram. Uh, did you have any special issue with, with Marcus deciding to opt out of the season when he did? Well, I think... Luis Rojas said this, he was surprised because Stroman was working his way back. 
he was in Brooklyn and he was pitching the simulated games. The plan wasn't that he was going to come back this week and fill Waka's spot, but that next time around the rotation, Stroman would be able to do that. So I understand this is a hard decision. It involves a lot of different things, but Stroman has had how long to think about what he wants to do and to wait until the final moment. It puts the Mets in a bad spot, and I can understand some fans being upset about that. And I think, you know, look, people maybe didn't like some tweets that Stroman had in the past. I certainly have no problems with any of that. But, um, you know, any decision you make after that gets criticized that they don't like you, right? You want to Cespedes dealt with uh, some of this as well. And, look, there's some criticism be had there with how Cespedes handled the actual decision. But... I think it's just the timing has got to be what you look at in the case of Marcus Stroman here. It doesn't sound like he tipped the Mets off that he was considering opting out. Yeah, like I wonder, I don't know what the perfect time for him would have been for this. You know, um, he was on the injured list to start the season. He needed to get to July 31st, essentially, to become a free agent. If he opts out on August 1st, uh, I would understand a lot of the criticism levied against him, Um, you know. I can see, I, you know, he mentioned the the dual outbreaks in Miami and St. Louis is really playing a part of this. Uh, and I think the Cardinals outbreak started July 31st. Mm-hmm. So this is happening nine or 10 days later. He doesn't want to um, go to Florida and the Mets have a f- trip to Miami next week. And, you know, uh, he's not waiting till the last moment necessarily. Like if he had made another simulated start this week uh, and then the Mets have him penciled into the rotation mm-hmm. next Tuesday or Wednesday in Miami by, by that time. Um, and he said at that, you know what, I don't feel good about it. Then you'd have people say, you know, he milked this time on the injured list. He makes certain amount of money each day. He's still active before he opts out. Like he could have waited another week to opt out. He would have made another couple, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, maybe six figures over that stretch of time. Uh, so I, I think basically any time he, he opts out of this, this deal this season, from after July 31st, he was going to be criticized for imperfect timing. So I don't know that there's a time that would have made sense if he had such reservations. You can say he should have told the team a little bit more earlier, but you know I can imagine there's a couple, there, there's multiple guys uh, on the Mets or in baseball who are weighing this decision, and you don't necessarily want your your employer to to know that your mind's not 100 mm. percent in the right right frame uh, as you're going through everything. So where do the Mets go from here? That right after a quick word from Indochino. It is beach season, and Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer, because we know how painful chafing can be when you're in your bathing suit all day. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20.
Well, Tim, uh, this is an opportunity to give Seth Lugo a chance in this rotation. I'd love to see it. Maybe it's not perfect timing. He's not stretched out, and he could go, what, two or three innings at first start, and, and you take a little time to build him up. What do you see as the most likely path here for the Mets with this extra spot in the rotation? Yeah, I, I think given what's happened, DeGrom was only able to go five innings Sunday, that Matt's didn't get out of the fifth on Monday, that Paul Seawald couldn't give them length out of the bullpen Monday behind Matt's. Uh, that's one where you hope Seawald kind of gives you two plus innings. Oh, Seawald, um, yeah. he's a nice guy, but he's terrible. <laughs> Especially against Washington, it's been rough for him. Um, so, you know, I, I think... It, it's probably a circumstance now where you're calling up someone. Uh, I, I would probably put Franklin Killame at the top of that list mm -hmm. and seeing if he can get through the opposing order, you know, a time and a half, something like that, get you nine to 12 outs on Wednesday uh, and then go to the rest of your bullpen, whether it's Gazelman for maybe two innings, uh, Drew Smith for an inning or two, and then get into kind of your, your bigger guns. I think with Lugo, uh, you know, you've always been more bullish on him as a starter, uh, than I have. I, I think the circumstances in the starting rotation have changed enough to make me consider Lugo. But at this point, with how much, you, you know, the time it's going to take to build him back up, you know, if he goes, let, let's say you make him your starter Wednesday. First of all, he's your closer right now. You know, Edwin Diaz has performed in a way that you need Seth Lugo to be your closer. Uh, so that hasn't gone well to move him out of the bullpen. But you start him Wednesday, he can go two innings maybe. The next time out, five days later, it's maybe three or four. The next time after that you're talking about, he might be a full-fledged five-inning starter. And at that point, he's making like seven starts that way. He's not throwing that many more innings for you than he could out of the bullpen if you're using him twice a week for two innings to close games, two or three times a week for, for two innings, two innings, one inning, something like that. Uh, I, I think with the, the state of the bullpen that it's still probably wisest to keep him there because he's too important there right now. Uh-oh, six... I'll give you the argument that, look, we're not 20 games into a regular season where you have 140 to stretch them out. We're already in, what, close to mid-August now. And so by the time you get him up to the point that he can go six innings, you're probably already at the finish line. I will say, though, even with all the problems that the Mets have, they still have the opportunity to make the playoffs with how expanded this field is. And I want my best pitchers in the rotation I'd love to see Seth Lugo. He's their second best pitcher on this staff. I wouldn't mind seeing him at that point. Hey, try to go seven innings, and you have DeGrom and Lugo, one, two, and I guess Porcello starting a game in a short series. I like the idea of that. Well, you know, who's pitching behind DeGrom? Then you've got enough issues with the bullpen. Well, it'd you know, be Lugo a doubleheader, you know, seven innings. Let's go. Seven, yeah, if it's, if it's all seven-inning <laughs> doubleheaders, then they're set. Uh, but then I think – you know, I've, first of all, I look at the idea of Seth Lugo in a, in a postseason, uh, and I love the idea of using him for six to nine outs like multiple times in a short series. Uh, I look at how the Indians used Andrew Miller in 2016, uh, and I think you can use Seth Lugo that way. Uh, so I, I think he might have even more value as a reliever in the playoffs than he would as a, a back-end starter at that point. Uh, but that's probably getting too far ahead of ourselves. No, there I go, mentioning the playoffs again, like this team is a chance. <laughs> entered the night tied for the eighth seed. Um, and I think we get to the bigger picture here, which is that you don't know, you know, as much as the Stroman stuff hurts you this season, 
the Mats stuff. And, and this is, hmm. you know, the first start was good against Atlanta. The second start against Boston, he gave up the two home runs to Vasquez. He's looked really bad these last two against Washington. The home runs are a major issue at this point. Uh, that's the thing that worries you more going into next season. You know, Stroman was, was unlikely to be re-signed, I think, and it's probably less likely now. Uh, Mats was the guy that you were thinking going into next year. Okay, if we have DeGrom, if Mats builds off of the second half he had last year when he was a good pitcher, I don't know what the second half ERA was, something like 3-3-5 or something like that, had fixed the first inning issues, solved the big inning, and then all of a sudden you've got yourself a guy who can be a legit number three for you rather than that four or five that he's been the last few. You know, then then you've got DeGrom, you got Mats, you got Peterson, you got Syndergaard coming back in 2021 at some point. You don't need to go out and sign a big name starter necessarily. Right now, with the way he's pitching, I mean, I don't know if if this continues, if he's giving up the ERA, if the ERA is eight or more, if he doesn't get that down, obviously you wonder if you even bring him back, if you tender him a contract. A little early to have that conversation. But uh, your, your rotation next year starts to see a big gap in that two or three mm-hmm. spot rather than a back-end spot. And I think that's the concern moving forward. Uh, right now for the the rotation yeah Anthony Kay won't be there uh and dealt for for as it turned out half a season of, of Marcus Stroman and again some things you can't control the coronavirus the pandemic being part of it but Brody Van Wagenen has traded a lot of talented young players in an effort to win now and you look at the Mets performance in 2019 their performance thus far in 2020 it has not gone to plan, and you wonder, does he does he triple down? Is there more to come, more prospects to send out in an effort to save things? And it's uh, that short-term plan is, is not looking great, Tim. Yeah, you know, the you, I didn't really like the, the Diaz-Cano trade. I didn't really like the Stroman trade when both of them happened. But I don't think the most pessimistic reading of those trades at the moment uh, or in the moment would have thought they would work out this poorly for the Mets, that, that Diaz would be this bad, that Cano would struggle this much, that Kellenic would take off the way he did, uh, that Stroman would not pitch for you at all in 2020. Uh, th- those things have all backfired to a, a crazy degree on Van Wagenen. And I know, you know Mike Vaccaro writes in the Post for Tuesday morning, uh, kind of the, the fear you have is that the Van Wagenen knows the ownership isn't going to be here for long. There's only so much time to make a splash. Maybe he's not invested in the long-term future of the organization. That could make uh, a trade deadline that's going to be weird regardless, uh, even weirder for the Mets. Is there some big move that's that he can make to to salvage a playoff spot or maybe you know, in a, a, a topsy-turvy National League where really only the, do- only the teams out West look good right now and, and maybe the Cubs. Uh, if he decides to, to try to make a big splash and mortgage off part of that future now, uh, because he, you know, he's trying to he's pad his resume for whoever's next uh. to judge him. 2030, here we come, New York Reds baseball. Adios, Tim. Adios, Pete.